Hey, good evening, guys. It's uh, Ty here from I Am Hope. Uh, welcome to another edition of our I Am Hope podcast uh, this evening. Uh, got an amazing guest um, in Bev. I'm looking forward to introducing her in a sec. Uh, but just a reminder for those of you that um, have just joined or jumped on, um, discovered the YouTube podcast series that we have. Uh, the main reason why we started this podcast uh, was to, I guess, make people understand they're not one size fits all when it comes to mental health and to speak to everyday people um, like Bev um, to help um, identify and also unlock what mental health means to them, what it looks like, um, whether you're someone that's supporting someone through their mental health journey or whether you're someone that's traveled um, through the mental illness, mental health journey. So, um, we just believe that the key to life is hope and it's on us to be that hope and, and for Bev as well um, while sharing her story. At the end of this podcast, there will be helplines. Um, if you are someone that's struggling um, and you do need to speak to someone, uh, we do have helplines that we will uh, post up at the end of this uh, podcast. As well as that, um, you can obviously reach out to myself and, and Bev. We'll make all the communication uh, channels available to you. But other than that, we're going to crack straight into it um, and, and hand it over to you, Bev. Um, welcome to the I Am Hope podcast. I uh, really appreciate you jumping on and um, looking forward to finding out a little bit more about you. So uh, over to you. Okay. Um, I was actually trying to think actually how I could condense it at my age. It's been <laughs> 60 plus years of living. Um, but um, I appreciate, um, I um, feel very privileged actually to be asked. And it has been a journey. Um, I started off um, as a young person in Papakura. Um, um, both my parents were alcoholics and my mum was a prostitute. Um, there were 10 of us. Um, and my first nine years, um, all I knew was um, physical and mental and sexual abuse, um, which ended up, me ended up, for me, ending up in 18 different homes, different schools, um, and sort of just walking through, uh, not knowing who the heck I was, um, in all honesty, and that I was just there, um, a thing um, of not a whole lot of value uh, in my life um, at all, or... Yeah, it was it was it was a tough time. It actually um, what laid a lot of self belief inside of me, or the lack of it. Um, so I sort of grew up thinking that um, I was useless, hopeless, and wouldn't amount to anything. And the words that you're just a dirty little black girl, um, and you just should have been shot at birth, is things that rang in my ears for many many years. Um, and to be truthful, it's it's only a thought away even now. So it's not something that you totally get rid of. You just learn to manage uh, the self-talk and manage things that come back, that trigger, uh, invoke memories that, um, uh, you know, that, that hurt you internally. Um, and then from there, it was, uh, it's been a, a real journey for me um, of self-discovery, learning who the heck I am, what I'm about. Um, and it, anyway, it ended up that for me, I've ended up in, um, I was in a wheelchair for two years. Um, I'm not too sure how much to share with you. This is just who I am. Um, this has been, been my journey um, along, along the way. Um, for me, it was a turning point, and this is my personal journey. It's, I don't need anybody else to have it, but this is mine. Um, for me, uh, I met God. 
and uh, 73, April the 15th, it's quite a defining moment for me, um, and discovered that I was, you know, um, could be loved. Um, and I'd never seen that word beside my name or me as a human being before reading that. And uh, he became my mum, dad, nan and papa and everything that I thought a family could be uh, to me. Um, you know, moving on, uh, it's... Um, can, I jump in there? can I jump in there, Beth? Um, yes, please. First of all, um, yeah, thank you for, for sharing and um, being, being open and honest with us. I uh, truly appreciate it. Can, can we um, just unlock more about um, your upbringing in terms of like what, what were some of the thought processes that you were going through during that time? Because I guess for a lot of people, it's understanding like what that kind of looked like. Like, you know, what, what were you thinking? Like, did, did you think, did you think, oh, this is, this must be normal? Or yeah. like, what, what, what was your, what was your line of, what hundred, was your... Hundred, 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 I, I have to say. It's, um, yeah, no, uh, the thought process, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, my role uh, up to the age of nine was to go and find my mum on the street. I knew every pub uh, that was or places that she drank at. My job at that age was to go and find her, bring her home and hide her in the backyard so that my father couldn't find her because let me tell you that a hobnail boot to the head is very painful. Um, and when he had one too many, none of us were safe in that house. So we got to um, spend a lot of time out in the back in the garden waiting till he would fall asleep. But the thought patterns, I'm not too sure I had anything. I think it just went into survival. Yeah. Looking back, it would have been just survival mode, um, because you know, as a, you know, I was nine when they finally came and took me away. Um, but you got to remember, I was the kid that went to school um, with bare feet and hungry, um, and stuck in a corner. Um, everybody knew our family, our family, you know. So there was a lot of shame uh, wrapped around my life, um, you know, there. And we were all always looked down as that family yeah. um, because there was a lot of alcohol, a yeah. lot of parties, a lot of yeah. whatever. I just yeah. learned to hide a yeah. lot. So, so as, as, as a kid, um, you know, growing up in this environment, um, as you, as you mentioned, mentioned um, you know, abuse was rife and um, there's so much going on. Like, did you think at any stage, like, did you know what was going on or did you kind of like, you know, didn't really understand or, you know, how, what was your kind of um, thinking like out there and in, in the public? Like you said, you went to school and you felt all of, all of this kind of emotion, but did you feel that whilst you were at school or you didn't really kind of understand that until later on? I didn't really understand a whole lot till much later on, I have to say. Um, and it was, yeah, you just you just go through a process. You just find ways. Um, I just I think we're inbuilt that we have these survival mechanisms within ourselves. Um, as a kid, you don't know any different. I knew no different. I had never seen anything different than what happened inside our household. So you learn to hide. Um, yeah, and, and and that's that's something that's important um, nowadays, especially in mental health. I know I talk about it quite quite a bit where you only can practice what you see. So oh, totally. was yeah. was there was there any stage 
um, you know, with everything that you had been going through, like whether whether it was around that time or later on, where you kind of thought this behaviour is okay. I didn't know it wasn't. Yeah, because that's, that's all I that's all I saw. Because yeah. that was the environment. Everybody associated to that home was like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the jugs of beer and and um, get out of the way, and kids were seen and not heard. Um, and yeah, I didn't know I didn't know anything else because I never saw anything else. Mm. It wasn't till much later on that I realised that that actually wasn't normal, mm. and it shouldn't be normal. But yeah. I didn't know that. I honestly didn't know that at the time at all. Um, at all, I just knew that I would go within within myself and I would hide. I would find safe places like that. I'd and got learn learn to hide, is what I yeah. would say. So 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 you're you're nine now. You, yes. you you get picked up and and you finally start moving around all these homes. What's yeah. what's going through your mind? Like, you know, like, oh, I mean, I just yeah. It was it was it, it, it yeah. It's um. I, I fought for years to be heard on how to do that for kids. Um, we were picked up in a police car, um, stuck in a cell, not a cell, big apartment inside, you know, the police station. And um, I overheard an adult. So adults really have to take responsibility what comes out their mouths, really. Um, but you're just a kid, for goodness sakes, people. Um, and some, we overheard, like, oh, if they misbehave, they, they can go home. Now, you've got to understand that even though home was yuck, okay, it was not a safe place for me. Um, what my father did to me um, and what my mother allowed her men friends to do me. No, it was not a safe place. No way. But it was still my home. Yeah. They were still my parents. Yeah. I don't know how to explain that to people, but they still were. You know, it wasn't a mistake. So, yeah. um, and, and, and it's, it's, it's crazy because, you know, you, that's what a lot of people, I guess, don't understand is that, you know, regardless of what's, going on or what's been said like yeah. i think it's a it's a major problem these days with um, not only service providers um you know teachers um people that work around kids like yeah. i i like this is my personal opinion but i think that we talk to kids like kids but not realizing yeah. that we should talk to them like just like adults because they they understand more than we think oh 100 i mean like when they said um you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, like they, you know, we heard them say, like, if they misbehave, they can go home. So everybody thought, cool, let's misbehave so we can go home. Now, even though it wasn't a safe place, it was still home. You were still like everybody else. You had your own home. But nobody really understood that. And they talked uh, around your head. And you're a kid. How the heck are you meant to process that um, you're meant to be feeling ashamed that your parents were rubbish and blah, blah, blah. And, and, yeah, they made choices I wish they never had. And, yes, I'd flipping call them out right now if I could, you know. Um, but at the same time, they're still your parents. Yeah. You know, there's nothing about that. that and and they, if they had just said, look, they choose to do this, doesn't make them rotten, awful, ugly people. They just they just haven't learned how to do things right for you. They haven't yeah. learned to, to love you like you need to, but but to, yeah. to, to shove shame. And then yeah. the foster parents, I mean, my first foster home I went to, um, because you've got to understand for me, uh, you know, up in Potu and then in Papakura, um, yeah. bathing, bathing 
we, I didn't have a towel or things like, you know, you know, the little, you know, the little flannel. I'd never yep. seen one in my life. And in my first oh. home, um, I was beaten. I was beaten. My first home, I was beaten with a, with a wooden spoon across my body as a nine-year-old in a bath because I didn't use the, I didn't wash myself properly. They had no comprehension that I was lucky to get. I, I bathed when we took us to the beach, for goodness sakes. My parents oh. were alcoholics. They didn't do the bathing. What the heck is all that? I'd never seen a flannel. And I got beaten up as a nine-year-old kid in my first foster home because I did not bath myself. I wasn't used to knife and fork on the table. Yeah. I didn't know you do all those things. So it's been, it's been a journey of trying to educate people what it's like to be a foster kid and, yeah. and, and what it's like to be the first time in there and stop yeah. treating us like we're guests for a week and then smack us around the ear because we don't just jump in after that. So, yeah. That's, 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 that's crazy. Like, uh, I mean, you know, can, can we touch on like, obviously some of the battles that you believe that, you know, you would have faced then compared to maybe some of the foster home, uh, maybe stories that you might've heard from like kind of now, like what? There's not that much difference now to, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, I've, I've spoken, I've spoken to, I've been called at different times to talk to foster kids now. Um, and I've tried to be part of that panel, but apparently I'm not, I haven't got a degree and all those kind of things. So my voice is not valued uh, by the powers that be because um, I don't have a degree to explain. But let me tell you, after 18 homes and what was done to me in there, by the time I was 18 years old, all I knew was I was a filthy, dirty, moldy girl who should have been shot at birth. I was of no value. Um, the only value I was into those homes was either as their slave or somebody to push around, or because I got new clothes winter and summer, and I got um, got all my um, books and things like that bought for me at school, I was useful to them because they could take it off me and give it to their kids. Um, so I, that's all I knew, and my um, I have to say that that's been my yeah. was my experience. So even through all of that, I have to say it's um, that's why one of the questions I heard somebody actually ask me was like hey, not all of us can get out of these situations. We're stuck in it. And I'm going, well, you have to, I shouldn't, shouldn't say you have to. What I would encourage you to do is that to, to build yourself up internally um, and, 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 and put things into internalise. And I didn't do it as well as I should have. I've spent years fixing that up, I have to say. But I, as, a, as a kid, I knew no one told me how to. There was nobody talking to me to give me a reason to do anything. I just knew for me, I would write down. Uh, I withdrew um, and I read a lot, um, but I kept away uh, from people uh, because they scared the living daylights out of them. It's taken yeah. me years to be scared of people. Yeah. So, so did you, so, you know, you're, you've moved through all these homes now. Um, did you ever, so, the last home that you potentially went to, was that yeah. like a defining moment or was there somewhere along the way where um, you kind of found like a real home? Like when was that? No, no. Like I, I actually thought, um, I have to say that the very last one or coming up to the last one, I thought I'd found a place of acceptance just for me. Not what I could be, should be, but 
just acceptance. Um, you got to understand that up till then, I really wasn't allowed to sit at tables because I was that kid. I was used as the example of you misbehave, you'll end up like her. She was the one that um, don't don't ever but end up like her. You'll be a loser like her. Uh, all those words were used. I, I was used as an example of what would happen to them if they didn't behave at home. That I they would become like me. Um, that they would end up as rubbish. Um, and I'd finally thought I'd found a home. I started to actually, for the very first time, feel like I belonged, and I'd never felt that at all. Remembering I'm nearly 18 by now, um, and um, all I knew, you know, before that was that uh, I wasn't blonde, I wasn't blue-eyed, I wasn't pretty. Um, I had, I didn't have anything. The only thing I had going for me was they could get new clothes when I was allowed to and, and, and stuff from the social welfare. Um, actually, the social welfare were the only people that ever remembered my birthday. And in recent years, I found out that I actually had been um, celebrating my birthday uh, the day before and I was actually born the next day. So I had to change that around. So, But if, um, yeah, I thought it was the 22nd, it's been the 23rd, but nobody ever told me yeah. uh, any of that kind of carry on. So um, now, where was I? Um, I was trying to think of something yeah. that was... So, so from from um, you know that like how did you how did you um, like get on your feet like you know let let's say you've been through all these homes now like at yeah. what at what point in time or where did you get to or what what was happening at the time where you kind of decided well, I, I, yeah look, look honestly I, I, to be truthful I dreamt. All my, that I can remember from that nine years old being taken away, I just wanted to go home. I dreamt about a white picket fence, a mum and dad, like everybody else. That's all I wanted. I didn't want anything else. I wasn't interested in anything else. And so when the opportunity came after 17, 18, because the welfare let you go, um, that I finally would get to go home to my mum and actually call somebody mum for the first time in my life, you know. Wow. Um, but it... it it wasn't real. I have to be truthful. It wasn't real. Um, my mum was still into her whole world uh, that she was into. Um, being mum is not something she knew what to be. Um, so it was. It was. It was. It, 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 I was a bit disillusioned, to be truthful. Um, now I made choices at that time, which I wish I never had. I ended up being a single mum. Um, I wanted to be so accepted by her. I jumped into her lifestyle. For a short time but I just knew it wasn't for me it just wasn't for me um, and 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 you know I, I chose never to drink or have alcohol or drugs I chose never in my lifetime would I touch them because um, I destroyed my family and I, I would never ever touch uh, alcohol which I have never done ever done I've had maybe one sip of a sip of a wine in yeah. recent years but no no, it's still a choice that I stick to today because of that. But it's, um, yeah, so I did. I, dream, I dreamed that, but the but it didn't happen. In fact, yeah. I got on, I was worse off, to be truthful, because uh, I felt even more lost when um, that need, I suppose, for me to have a mum who cared, um, who would fight for me, do something. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I was a thing, really. Um, it's, it's 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 cool that you um you say that because I think, you know, for for young people and and for kids especially, they look up to their parents like so much, 
you know, it's something something that I uh, continuously say to parents all the time is that we've got to keep encouraging our kids because at the end of the day, like that's where they get majority of their buzz from. And I think no matter, no matter how many mistakes um, we make as a parent, like it, like using you for an example, like just like what you said, like you knew all of the stuff that your mum was doing was wrong, but you yeah. still loved her enough to go out and, and bring her home. Um, and then yeah. also, also even jump in um, to what she was doing because you thought that, that was that was yeah. right that was normal and until yeah. you kind of discovered it yourself um you didn't really understand truly what that was and and i think that's like that right there is, is a true example of how uh the patterns and in, in society like things keep rolling you know because people think it's normal you know and when something yeah. happens to you so much like when does I guess a big thing that I uh, come across is when does the uh, victim become the predator almost, you know, because it's... That's totally, hundred, oh, hundred. And, but I just, you know what, I'm, I, I totally live by this, um, is that <clears throat> our past, our creed, our faith, life. Now, all of that can make, and it has done for me, um, low self-esteem, struggle, uh, to find purpose, uh, struggle to find what the heck am I doing here and, and why wasn't I lovable. Yeah, all of those things. Yeah. But none of that, none of that, and I'm really passionate about this, gives you any um, uh, right to maim or harm another human being, let alone the man in the mirror. And every decision you make, even though you think you're hurting other people, to get back at what you've been hurt with. Mate, don't. Because the only person who's going to pay the price for that is you. Is you. And I just, I, I refuse to allow that. Yes, it's helped me. I, I, yes, I've struggled. Even to this day, I've been told I'm dumb, ugly, stupid. Uh, no, you can't have that job because you're from the wrong side of town. No, you've got no credentials. Oh, mate, I could tell you a list of things. And yet, hello, I've gone around the world. I've worked for some incredible people. Um, I've upskilled via Mr. Google, um, traveled 12 countries. Hello. Um, and I've done all the things people told me, somebody like me. Um, and in recent times, you know, been asked to have psychiatrists check my brain out because somebody like me and from where I've come from and certainly the experiences of what have been done to me, I should be dead, alcoholic, and again, uh, in jail. They're the only options that they gave for a kid like me. Well, I'm telling you now, <laughs> they are not the options because there is there's life to be had, but we have to learn as I've had to, and it's been a, a lifetime of journey and I'm still a work in progress, we have to learn to find pathways within ourselves. I'm sorry, no one else can do it for us. Yeah. All we can do is, is model and give people, uh, um, give them something to hold on to just even get through that next hour, that next 10 minutes, that next minute, for goodness sakes. Who, who cares? It just means that it... it you have to, like, for, for instance, somebody like me, 
um, you know, it, it's taken years and it's still something. If somebody says, oh, gee, you're good at it, and I'll go, no, I'm not. Or, oh, gosh, you're so clever. No, I'm not. You yeah. see, it's my default. It's that default thing that we keep going back to. Yeah. Um, and that's why we need each other to do life. We need each other to encourage um, each other. And it's not about the boom and bust. It's actually every day saying, no, it's all cool. And not only just saying it, because people say a lot of stuff. <laughs> actions, actions, mate, actions, people. Actions will say more. I'm not really interested in your title. I'm not interested in how whatever you think you are. What I'd like to know is if you, when was the last time you took a kid out for lunch? When was the last time did you pay a single parent's bill if you've got that kind of money to do or let them be rent-free for a couple of months while they try and get their family together? Yep. When was the last time you had a, a family struggling for dinner and actually walked and did life with them? Yep. I mean, I'm more interested in finding solutions and giving, um, and it's not about external stuff, let me say. For me, I want to give a young person or anybody really um, that they have within themselves. Yes, we need help without me going into, um, I went into counseling without prayer. For me, prayer is my absolute go-to. Um, yeah. I have diarised every day since 1982. Yeah. I write the good, bad and ugly. And when I'm struggling the most, when I think I'm going to hit a panic attack, or I want to stand in front of that truck, which I remember very distinctly wanting to do. Yeah. I had to make a choice and then pull back and find a positive way till I feel safe. And I don't know other word to say that, but to feel safe that I can go back out and face the world and remind myself, um, uh, you know, that's why we as human beings should care for one another but let's try and find what care looks like just yeah. because you have never known what it's like to be in the gutter yeah. or, or being brutalised, um, smacked around the head or live in fear that a fist is going to um, come at you or a knife, like in one case for me. Um, can, can, and and that is fear. Mm. Can, can we talk about... Um, when was kind of like the when was like the crisis point for you? Like, what what was the worst kind of point in time where you we obviously everything that you had been through um, kind of came to the fore, and you're like, okay, this is it. Like, what what did that look like? If we can touch on that, like, where, where what what there were did, two points really? There were two points. Yeah, two points for me. One was um, I was, uh, you understand, I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of knowledge around anything, uh, really. Um, but I was um, keeping my daughter. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a benefit. So that shows you how little I knew about life. Yeah. So I, I did, um, uh, I did uh, washing other people's clothes at, at the laundromat and I flipped uh, burgers so I could keep her with me and she could sleep and I knew then my life had to change something had to change I just didn't know what or how to be honest I honestly did not know um, how and um, that was a defining thing like no there's got to be more to life than this there just has to be I just didn't know the questions and you got to remember by this time still I was very fearful of people 
I was scared of people. People thought I was um, arrogant and uh, cold. Um, I just too scared of them. I just had learned to hide from life. I mean, the person you see right now is something that has evolved. I was scared. I didn't even know I had an opinion. I didn't even know it was valued because any time I opened my mouth, I either got hit or I was yelled at or put down. So it's taken years to, to find a voice, um, I have to say. And the other one defining thing for me was, um, and yeah, even though it was a fair while ago, I still evokes an emotion in me. Um, uh, I just got my teeth done, a silly thing like that, really. And I thought, how am I going to pay for that? I'm over it. I'm over being broke. I'm over being told I'm dumb and stupid. And I'm, man, I'm just so over. Come on, there's got to be more to life than this. Um, and um, I remember walking out. I remember seeing it as clear as the day, really. And this big truck was coming and I'm going, oh, it'll just stop the pain. Or just stop this pain inside of my heart that I just didn't think. I just didn't think really. I just wanted it to end. Uh, I, I couldn't even answer my own questions. And then it was just like, well, maybe everything people have told me is right that I just should be dead. You know, there's no value in me at all. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it was in that split second for me. I know this thing might sound really weird to you, but during this time, I was helping as many young people as I can. Young people have has had my heart for a long time to not go through what I did. Um, and their faces flashed before me uh, right at that moment. And um, that was a very defining moment for me because I knew I couldn't do that. I can't ask them to do what I'm not going to do myself. Just can't do it. So I walked back, sat on the curb, cried my heart out. Felt really alone and stupid. And I went, okay, God, okay. Okay, I'm here for it. I'm here. I'm here till you take me home. So what am I going to do? What the heck am I going to do now? How am I going to deal with this as a single mum? No money, no nothing. What the heck's going to happen? And it was just journeying out of that, really. That, and it was yep. very defining for me. Yeah. Um, so, so, so what did what did the journey back look like? Like, because obviously now you've you've realised, like shit, like that uh, yeah. this is real. Like you know, I'm yeah. like I'm I'm thinking about this, and and something that I talk about quite um, frequently is um, I say to people all the time, you know, mental health is kind of like a warrant of fitness on a car, you know. Yeah. If you don't have yeah. a warrant for your car, you can't be on the road. So same thing with mental health. You know, it's it's okay to have um, bad thoughts. Like I yeah. say to kids all the time, like kids ask me, you know, everywhere I go, do you ever think about suicide or do you ever, have you ever been there or have you ever had this and that? And, and I'm open and honest with them. And I say, yeah, because it's totally normal to have bad thoughts, you know, but bad thoughts reoccurring like constantly and constantly becomes something worse so the first thing is you need to understand that okay this is not mm -hmm. normal like having ongoing um reoccurring bad thoughts but what you can do about that is this this and this and this like what did you do from here from that point oh right yeah okay. oh. No, 100% agree, 100% agree. 
Um, all I can say is um, I um, went for counsel and um, and talked about it. I, I actually talked through things that I had never voiced ever before in my lifetime and got very real with them. Um, and but having said that, I, I I have to really emphasise, and this mind you, at the end of the day, this is only my story, and um, everybody's new story and their pathway forward is unique. There's no one size fits all, and we're in trouble once you start doing that. Just because it, it wasn't something that I faced does not make it any less real to you. And what I faced for you, you were like like oh, that's so easy. Yeah, it was for you, but it flipping wasn't for me. But I had to withdraw. <clears throat> and and the biggest thing is actually look at who Bev was, and and like okay so Bev, uh, but <clears throat> what I discovered was that I didn't she didn't like Bev because Bev was the problem. Um, she wasn't pretty or nice enough, and she wasn't worth her parents fighting for her. And I discovered that inside of myself, I had hated this person and tried to become somebody I wanted to be like. Yeah. But I know this might sound really out there, but I learned to find out and meet the child, Bev, um, and grow with her and love her, um, which means loving myself. And I had not ever been down that road before. Um, it was a fearful road for me. It opened up too many sores, um, which frightened the heck out of me. But the greatest thing I did was spending two days down by the beach and actually facing myself um and then realizing yeah yeah i was very vulnerable at that time and it took a little while to walk that through but i'm so glad i did because as scared as i was and i was scared i was emotionally quite scared and really really vulnerable i i didn't know what i was going to find if i opened up that can of worms which is what i saw it as but it actually wasn't it um uh i discovered that um Oh, I, I was okay. And, and all the things that I was feeling uh, and I thought about myself um, was normal, um, but I didn't have to stay there. I didn't have to stay there. So counselling and talking is great, but you have to, and that's what I had to do anyway. I don't know what how other people do, but I had to take ownership of it for myself. I had to go, okay, okay, God. Radio, you don't make mistakes. Now, I always talk, talk like that because God was the only person in my life I totally trusted. Uh, I didn't have anybody, I didn't have any human that I would trust at all, um, but I trusted him and I just read his word and I just got verses out of there that meant something to me. But I learned to write and accept Bev for who she was. Uh, my failings and, 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 you know, I say failings now, to me it was just like the stink stuff. <laughs> you know, or, or or even just go. It's okay, Bev. It's actually okay being you. Um, and and so the most practical thing I did was write. Um, uh, definitely, yes, get the right person. Um, and it took me. I have to say, it took me a little while to find the right person to counsel me. Just because they say they're counsellor doesn't mean diddly nothing. If they're not, if they're not counsellor that, um, like I went to one and they said, oh, no, you can't do ooky spooky. Uh, yep. No, faith is no no room in here. You can't talk about God like that. No, no, you, know, you have to not 
he's he's a he's a he's a figment of your imagination and and you're going to go down the wrong path believing you if you're going to come here i'm going to teach you that god yeah. has nothing to do and i'm going like whatever for sure you know yeah. so, you know and then you know it's so it's it's a it didn't um, just because they say counselor, they may have every other degree under the sun. But, mate, you have to find one that actually gets you. I know that sounds a weird thing to say, but that was my journey. That's, and and that's, that's so true because, uh, you know, that's something that I speak to people all the time about. And I say to them, you know, finding the right counselor is like um, gold because, I mean, you, you almost compare it to like um, you're not going to marry the first person you see. You know, so it's it's a bit of a journey, and and once you discover that, you know, it's important that you know that it's normal to not find the right person straight away, yeah. and that yeah. if if you don't, don't let that dishearten you because, yeah. like, yeah. you know, you and I both know how hard it is to get to that place where you need to be like, yeah. I need I need help, and and you you go to get yeah. that help, and then you almost get there, and you're like. Yeah shit like i can't do this if it's going to be this hard or if you know so it's it's important for those people out there that are listening and that are tuning in is that mm. you're not always going to find the right um counselor straight away you know mm. and, and, and if you don't then find someone else and someone else and someone else because remember um mm. you will find that person that you're going to connect with and and it's so important so from here so bev like what was the journey from here like can we touch on maybe some of the work that you do or like now that you've now that you've you've gone through that process and you know like yeah. how how are you now like say how long was that process? Oh gosh, I have to be honest and tell you that I'm still a work in progress. I'm still only a thought or an action away from stuffing it up. That spiral that happens in your head is there. Um, it's how you deal with it and understand that sometimes you know some things take longer than others. Uh, in this day of instant, understand that it's, for me, I had to remind myself, it took 20 odd years for it to be established in my brain of how I was thinking. I needed another 20 years to get it out. Um, and then, you know, you just got to take the wins along the way of, yay, um, for some things, it, it's taken me years to to finally believe uh, that um, uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Um, but I still have my, what I call, um, checks with myself, um, you know, because, I, I, I mean, it could be, there's a lot of things, like just walking into a room, um, I have to gird myself up. I really do. I have to go, Bev, you, it's okay to walk in there. You are valuable. You do have something to say. It's going to be okay. Don't, you know, like you do have um, something to say. Um, don't look at their faces at times and don't worry that you're the only person that does not have six degrees after their name. You still have value in walking in there. So it's, it's a lot of self-talk, a self-talk. Um, but it's, it's, it's been my personal journey, you, do you know what I mean? And so I'm grateful for that. Um, and, and definitely I'm a hundred, like I, like, there was a time I would never even talk like this, not in a million years. And, yeah. and, and, and it's only been um, um, that, I guess, it, for me, I, I feel like I've been healed out of a lot of things, and then I feel I've got something to say. 
Um, and, and my call is, and I'm always looking out to make sure that when people um, say they can help, I want to make sure that they, all of us, I'm just taking responsibility for myself here, uh, making sure that what I say is authentic, integrity uh, behind it, uh, it's real, um, yep. and, 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 and so that it's, uh, this is what it is for me and what the choices that I have made. Um, what are the choices you're going to make um, to get the life that I believe you were born to, to do? And so yeah. coming out of that, I had to get over a lot of fear. I, I didn't realise how much fear had controlled my life. My fear of people was my big thing. Um, I had to walk in the room. If somebody didn't look at me and smile at me, I'd have to leave because I couldn't cope. I just The rejection that I dealt with in my life has yep. been quite huge, so I have to I have to mentally get myself prepared going into places. Um, having said that, yep. um, having said that, I went from there uh, to um, uh, moving into a, an area, uh, being asked to do things called administration. I didn't even know how to spell that, and they said you'd be really good at that, and I went okie dokie. Um, but it was all born out of trying to help young people where it started. Um, I was cleaning toilets at my local church uh, and then um, I met this person who was using our auditorium. It turned out that she was a producer um, of um, musical shows. I learned a whole lot of skills off her while I was cleaning. Uh, then my local church decided they wanted to put on acts and, and, and you know, let the auditorium be used by everybody for speaking yep. and whatnot. And so I went, oh, okay. So, well, oh, so I had to learn how to do sound lighting, um, and then wow. we had bands, and, you know, bands, and, and, and then, because our young, well, we need a band. Oh, okay, no, you guys, do you want to do it? Okay, let's go. Um, and then, um, you know, different people came along, and we had a thing at night. And speakers would come, and then one day I got a call after a little while, and somebody said, oh, could you do what you do? And I went, what, is, what do I do? I don't even know what I do. Uh, and they said, oh, just bev. And I went, just do beving. I went, oh, okay, right, I know what that means. I didn't know what else it meant. Um, and it was parachute music. And so for eight years, looked after the internationals for parachute oh, music. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then while I was there, a friend tracked me down um, uh, and said, you know, could I, could I do what you do for them? And so um, I ended up by doing conferences and then um, had a fabulous catch-up with Mark Wright, who I'll always... Uh, Mark Wright was the CEO of uh, Homegrown. Uh, got hold of me and he said, oh, I hear you organised. I went, oh, is that what you call it? <laughs> I didn't yeah. even know what you call it. Um, and he said, well, could you do what you do? And I went, yeah. <laughs> and so I've been on, on team with, um, with Mark um, and Kelly and um, Andrew and uh, Rach, or Andrew and Rach are now the directors. Um, yep. And um, as since 2001 to this day, still doing production or band liaison since then. Um, and then uh, a person called Daniel Beddingfield got a hold of me and said, oh, Bev, could you do Bev? And I went, oh, okay, rightio. So <laughs> I just did that. And then I was at a, a thing down here in, in the town hall and just doing Bev because I didn't know what else it was called. Um, and they were running a big conference and somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh, hey, it's just not happening. Can you just do Bev? And I went, oh, okay, radio. And so sort of 
got in and I was the conduit between production and the stage and the CEOs. So got oh. a long story. So I said, okay, what's the program? Let's have a look at the run sheet. No, no, that's the wrong run sheet. Refix it. Da, 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 da. And yeah. okay, the stage manager, no, you're doing this, 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 you know. And it was just things like that. And then at the end, the CEO um, came up and said, wow, I like what you do. And I went, oh, that's good. You're like, what is it actually called? And he said, I'd like you to do that for us. I'm like, oh, okay, what does that mean? You know, and then somebody said, have you got a passport? And I went, mm, yeah, I do. And they said, oh, what are you doing next week? They're all cleaning toilets. Um, <laughs> and I ended, up, I ended up in Chicago. Wow. And, uh, and so I was in Chicago from 92 to 2010. I ended up as the um, executive producer um, for New Zealand, uh, producing the Global Leadership Summit. And so wow. I was in Chicago you know, several times. And then I was invited on to the... Um, the training team, so I did 12 countries, which was amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, so I learned, I learned paddling fast, <laughs> learning a whole lot of things. Um, but it was wonderful because in those moments, I learned some great things. Like we had wonderful speakers like Warren Buffett, um, Colin Powell, who's just oh. an incredible man. We had Bono, um, did a few things up there. Um, and then uh, Marcus Buckingham from uh, the Gallup Poll, Best thing I ever did actually was to do his. Um, he said, "Do it," and I went, "Oh, I don't have time. I've got to rush around, you know." Because yeah. as a director of a country, you know, there's like twenty odd countries, so there's a lot of other stuff that you're doing, you know. Um, and uh, working with the International Justice Mission, um, my story took me around twelve countries uh, to speak yeah. about. Um, and yeah, so I got to meet and work with some incredible people, um, and I went to countries I only just dreamt about. Yeah, uh, and and I just upskilled um, all the time as I was sort of doing that, and then um, Hillsong. Um, I looked after the Hillsong uh, different areas. Um, I was with uh, Youth Alive, um, yeah. Stan Kane and Pat Massetti, uh, like 12, 15 years. Uh, then we had a, a conference here called Get Smart for Young People. I produced that for ten years here, yeah. and in Fiji. Um, trying to think actually two years two years or something a hungarian government flew me up uh for 10 days and i was a speaker um and the um deputy prime minister was the adjudicator of my session which was um and i was up in utah um they got me to speak up there on um i uh, you know and uh, and then um 2010 i went to um uh to australia because i thought oh you know like I'd sort of done that since, you know, for many, many years and thought, oh, you know, time to hand on the reins, which I was happy about. And I'd cut a long story short, I ended up in Sydney and thinking that I was going to get a job in a cafe, retire, <laughs> retire. And, um, and like, I was happy about that. And, um, but in a couple of weeks of being there, I got a call from the Australian government, like, are you, are you an Australian now? And I went, yeah. who are you? What the heck? Who are you? You know? And, uh, anyway, I cut a long story short, I ended up at the uh, Sydney Business uh, Association and Tourism with a whole group wow. of people who were family orientated and I yep. uh, got a call and said, oh, Bev, could you come in? I went, like, where are you? I mean, I don't know Sydney or anything. And I said, yeah, yeah I'm not doing anything. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll truck up there. Um, ended up by having dinner with the Lord Mayor and, and all these family associations and they were all talking about what I do and have done and I went, oh, God, I hardly know myself, let alone you guys. Um, <laughs> 
And then they said, oh, could you come to a meeting? We've got this really big meeting. Uh, uh, could you come along? I went, oh, okay. So I rang Bob McCroskey here because I've been a spokesperson um, uh, for child abuse and neglect with um, Family First here in New Zealand for many years. Um, so I said, oh, Bob, who are these people? You're like, do you know them? And he said, oh, no, they're kosher. I went, oh, okay. Um, so uh, it went from one meeting at the top of this huge building in Sydney um, for me feeling like, okay, you got to remember in this room, uh, uh, people with degrees, um, you know, the guy heading up uh, was on the board of like eight banks, um, but there was James Dobson group, there were family associations and, and all that kind of whatever, you know, whatever. And, and like, they were awesome people, awesome, but they'd all be married like 30 to 60 years. I was a single Māori mum <coughs> trying to find myself in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no money. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, radio. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and anyway, I just said a couple of things because I knew nobody around the table at all. I didn't know any of them, you know. Uh, and then they said, oh, Pete, could you make it to next week's meeting? We'd really like your input. And I went, okay. Like, I didn't have no idea what they were talking about. And then at the second meeting, they said, um, are you free next week? And I went, uh, yep, yep. And I said, oh, good. Could you represent Oceana? We want this uh, family program to come down to, uh, wow. to Oceana. And, yeah. um, and we think you're the right person to go on our behalf. And I went, uh, you want me uh, You want me to go and convince 30 academics? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to bring a family orientated yeah. uh, you know thing down here uh, and I'm, I'm a single Maori lady been here two weeks and um, yeah. I, uh, Maori mum um, yeah. uh, really they're gonna listen to me you're kidding me and they said um, the guy on the bank so he just said nah Bev, we think you're the right person so the next week uh, I was on a flight to uh, Dallas uh, to the wow. seminar right there and I was up against um, uh, Russia and the professors from there and the professors and uh, the big con uh, that a big uh, group of people from India gorgeous wow. people wonderful people they really were right it was like okay here we go yeah. um, and 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 they had like incredible presentations they I needed a dictionary to listen to half of their words I have to say yeah. um, and then <laughs> I just got up and went Okay, God, it's you and me, let's go. And yeah. um, anyway, that cut a long story short, we won it. And the Australian oh. government gave me lunch at the New South Wales government house there with the, um, with the people there. And um, they let me have a news, uh, what do we call it, media outlet thing there. They let me use that. Um, and then uh, the parliament in Canberra, uh, apparently had to be a part of it so they sent all their PR and uh, media people up and um, anyway the head guy walked in and he went who did this I went oh I'm in trouble I haven't done it right <laughs> and he said I can't believe I've just flown a team of 10 people and you've already done it and I said I just do what I do it's called bevving and yeah. <laughs> anyway they offered me a job in Canberra but I didn't want to take it but the but anyway that from that um, um, you know, then, then I was asked if I would do the marriage day and other things down in Canberra, so they flew me down to that. And that same guy um, said, look, I don't know anybody down there. And he said, oh, no worries, no worries, here, here's my number. Um, and he said, oh, no, none of, nobody will come to that. And no, no media is interested. And I went, oh, okay, radio, oh, what am I going to do here? <laughs> so anyway, the upshot was 10 triple X, um, 
all of them came and wow. um and then um the guy Perry and that you know because they have the the news broadcast from there the sky news but it's, it's actually in the parliament there and yep. they offered me um three spots there which was awesome and julia gillard at the time gave me her room for my media calls which was amazing um so that's why i would say to these kids don't let your past dictate your future um yep. you know you that's, really that's amazing. It, you, know, you, you have to and then i did oh um um, I did the sponsorship management. I didn't even know what that meant. Um, and I've got a book, um, and um, I've got a book. I don't know if you can see. Hey? Oh, see nice. That? Yeah. That's work. This yeah. book is $2.5 million, and um, uh, I was given the job of putting everything in there, all that content, everything. Wow. Uh, and I, I, I nearly did me, did my head in, believe you me. Yeah. Thank goodness. Mr. Google, but I learned a whole lot. Then I did seven cities with the top ten. Um, Chad Reed, you know the motocross. Oh, okay, yep, yep. Honda, K Honda KTM and yep. uh, Super X. Um, uh, yeah, they put me on the road with them to look after all the branding, all the uh, messaging. Uh, my job was to look at the TV and do all the branding on it, make sure that um, everything wow. we promised. One hundred and sixty. Yeah. Uh, 62 pardon, big pardon, 62 sponsors um, and so I had to make sure everything was delivered um, as far as um, media calls the whole uh, down to one second here two yeah. second here first border but when you look at you know look at the track and you see all the names around and you see it on TV that's all orchestrated and that was my job and then wow. out of that out of that uh, another guy that I was working with said oh you're good at organizing and I helped with the release of Game Boys uh, Battleground 3. Okay. So I did gaming. I did gaming. I love gaming, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different life. Yeah. But I yeah. did a, a great mental de-stressor um, yeah. playing at the level that I do. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. And so I got to do Seven Cities with the guys. Um, and, yeah, it's 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 been, you know, uh, in the last six years, I still do freelancing. Um, I've been Stan Walker's personal assistant. Uh, and then looked after his New Zealand management, and I still am part of his wider team now. It's just that my work uh, and my passion to um, uh, with young people, um, I, I've chosen anyway not to take on other jobs. That means I'm not available, and yep. so I can work in between that. And so um, you know, I'm doing communication strategy, uh, no. I call it strategy, but apparently it's strategist. I can't spell it because I have dyslexic, so yeah. it comes out. But basically, I do all the digital content and um, promo and all that kind of carry on. Um, and there's, you know, several things that I'm doing on there. But I was yeah. um, co-director and then director of New Zealand Hip Hop from 06 to 2014. Wow. Um, yeah. And so, it's, yeah, so I... In, um, I was flown up to New York um, and I met all the OGs and they took me to Sedwick Place and they thanked me for my work um, and my continued support of hip-hop mm. worldwide with um, Donald Campbell, um, unfortunately, passed away a little while ago, but he was a very good friend, would pick me up in LA and take me out, uh, oh. put a stretch. Uh, these guys are um, uh, the amazing people that I've, I've had yeah. the opportunity of working along and the heartbeat for all of us and everything I do yeah. if it's not building a bridge for a young person to mm. believe in themselves and to, yeah. 
find a pathway forward, I, I don't do it. So that's why my life doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people because yeah. I don't have the qualifications to do anything I'm doing right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you know, um, Beth, like, thanks so much for sharing. You know, it's, it's a powerful story and, you know, it just goes to show how much a story can drive you to um, all that you can be. And I think that's somewhere um, where a lot of people don't understand that it's, it's not about qualifications and it's not about all these things that you can gain, um, not, not only in, in, in the educational sense, but in terms of living. And, um, you know, you, you had a decision to make, um, you needed to get help, you did that. And then from there, you unlocked all this potential. And as humble as you are about um, a lot of your achievements, but they're, they're massive. You know, and uh, me just sitting back hearing it, like, it, it's amazing. And um, there, there's a couple more questions that I wanted to ask okay. um, on, the, on the back of everything. Um, so during this whole process of you um, gaining all the success and um, achieving all of these great things, how did you manage your mental health during that process? Well, um, yeah, I... I I'm quite honest about it. I pray a lot. Yep. I do. I, do. I have that alone time, um, start the day of working out what I have to do. I have to plan it. Um, if I don't know, I need to. But for me, it's. I have the saying, it's between God and Mr. Google, I'm doing <laughs> what I do. Um, and I've learned that um, if I... I'm responsible to find out as much background about what I'm doing as I can, to be as informed as I can, because I can't help anybody if I'm not. So I had yeah. to get over myself and learn how to research what I was doing so that I was better informed. Like, I have this thing where what you do doesn't define you, it's who you are. And we have to be better at that. Um, and, and so that... Um, Education, I find, for me, it would be one of the most powerful tools I can give anybody or yeah. help get education because then they truly do have a choice about what they want to do. They even get in the door. You don't get to my age and apply for 200-plus jobs and get told you're too old, you're not educated enough, no, they won't hire you. I Thankfully, I've got enough different people who know what I do and I, I don't need those qualifications. But in, in today's world, you do. Those, those days where you can just rock in aren't as great as they were back in my day. Um, yep. But having said that, your qualifications don't define you. You know, I, Your gift will open a door, but your character will keep you in that door. So those are the kind of things that I, I try and um, do. But to, to be honest, like I've got several things across my table right now that are freaking me out because I haven't done them before. But these <laughs> people believe I can. <laughs> these yeah. people believe I can. Yeah. So I have to get over myself. My book's called getoveryourself.com, which I'm trying to finish. Um, And so once again, I wish I could tell everybody, boy, one day, boom, it's over. No, it is an everyday decision that you choose. It's it's a choice that I I can personally make and go, hey, just before lockdown, poof, lost all my income, all things, what the heck am I going to do? I can either spiral down or I have to find dig deep because it's me I'm fighting for you know yeah. and uh, and for whatever that looks like um and and please if if anybody's listening and worries about that please you define you 
and and don't don't let other people have that kind of power over you because they they shouldn't have it. And if if like I'll just tell you a little story. I had just been speaking at a thing with John Key, um, you know, sharing bits of my story and and you know in this thing with a whole lot of professors, blah blah. Um, and I I came out of that and thought, Frip, I've got to go to the blooming uh, what do you call it? Um, where do you get food from? Um, food bank. Oh yeah, food bank. That's right. Yeah. I'm sure I was I was going to have enough to blue and pay my rent. Yeah. So people have this image of me um, in these cars. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I've got to, to got to pay the rent. You know, I've got to pay the rent. But uh, I ended up by taking, um, I have to say, one, one thing I have got down to a fine art is cleaning them all. I know exactly how to use those jolly, uh, what do you call it, pusher things. <laughs> yeah. I've got the toilet roll thing down. And, mate, I am the queen of cleaning toilets. Um, and I was doing that. Um, uh, and um, he, uh, some people that I kind of knew, like, came up and they said, oh, Shane, Bev. And I said, pardon? They said, Shane. And I went, mate, the only Shane is not paying me flipping bills. Yeah. But, you know, but if you're struggling, we're standing here with me right now because I've got a flipping toilet thing in my hand and I'm doing honest day's work and you're feeling ashamed right now because you can't take a zoomie or a photo and, and, you know, you, you like me in that other role that I'm in? Well, hey, welcome to this. This is who I really am. I'm paying the bills. Um, yeah. And I said, if you, you're really uncomfortable, aren't you? I can see you're really uncomfortable right now because people are staring at you talking to a cleaner. Yeah. And your Gucci doesn't match it, does it? Um, <laughs> and I just said, you know what? No sweat. Just keep moving. Just tell them you just were asking where, the, where, where, where a shop was. You don't have to acknowledge you even know me, whatever. But I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed at all if I am paying my bills and I'm just thankful I've got a flipping job right now. So bye. I'm all good. I'm not gonna let them, I'm not gonna let them do that. I'm not gonna let them do that. And if we but we need more people not telling our kids, telling anybody your only value if you're flipping up to the eyeball in debt to a bank, you know, yep. driving a USB. Uh, blah 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 they are not what's valuable what's valuable is your relationships mostly with yourself yeah with yourself because if you allow yourself you will walk that journey and look like the person you were born because you're unique you can't look like me i can't look like you but yeah. together we make community we make community and you've got to I, I really would employ you to find pathways. Don't let what other people think dictate um, how you feel about yourself. And please love yourself enough to reach out and find it. It may not even... Look, if anybody told me my life would have turned out like this, I would have laughed in their face. I mean, like I was married for 20 years. He took off. Two weeks later, my own birth daughter. I have two adoptive daughters. I have a Balinese Indonesian daughter and a Pap Māori daughter. Uh, but my own birth daughter, she died of a brain aneurysm in the week of her wedding, um, uh, you know, two weeks after their father had left us, which has been the most painful thing in my life. The other thing is, like, I was in a wheelchair for two years until I was healed out of it. They told me I'd never walk again. And I was in Tauranga Hospital for two years and then in a wheelchair. So stuff happens. Life happens. Um, and no, I wouldn't wish lot of things that happened to me but it's made me the person I am and in spite of all of that um, 
I'm thankful. I'm thankful for people like Mike King. I'm thankful for this young man that I've just met now here. I'm thankful that um, of the people that have come into my life and seen something in me that I couldn't see for myself and have given me space. We all need space to actually find out who the heck we really are and what we need. Please, in this day of instant, do not let people shove you in a corner because it's the quickest and best way. Because you're talking about your life, and life is from the moment you're born to when you die. It's yeah. not a destination. You know, it's something you live every day, making good choices. And um, you can have a good life. I, I, I'm really grateful for my life. I'm grateful every day that I'm alive. That's that's awesome. Like I, you know, feeling truly um, inspired and motivated just just from talking to you, Bev, and um, you know, truly appreciate you being on here. Um, one last quick question um, that we normally ask to all our guests uh, is something um, around: if you were to talk to yourself again when you were at your lowest, what would you say? What's something comforting that you would say that would make you? Like be like, you know what? I'm better than this because I because I, I talk about this quite a bit to people. How you know when you're in a tough place or in a tough space, people say the dumbest things. You know, so so yeah. you know, yeah. looking looking back at when you were at your lowest, now the the point in time you are now, what's something you would say to yourself to 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 just pull yourself back or pull yourself out? Um, well, there's so many things that rush through my head right now. Uh, but to pull myself out, just remind, even now, remind myself, I was born for a purpose. I was. There's a reason why I'm on this planet. There's a reason why I'm here. Um, and for me... I, when I hit that wall, um, it's like, okay, um, I find a nice place for me, a cafe. If only I can afford the coffee, I don't care. It's nice. Yeah. I sit there, I get my diary out, and I go, okay, God, here we go again. Here we go again. Okie dokie, here we go again. And then I might write on three pages, one after the other, help, help, help. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I go, okay, let's sort this baby out then. And then I write all the yuck and gunk um, that's going through my head. Like, did you see that? And blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah. I always knew I was useless, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and then I go, okay, got rid of that. So what do I do? What the heck do I do? Where do I go from here? Um, and uh, I know for me, anyway, I've discovered over the years, and even way back then, I think of somebody who needs my help. I've got really good at playing Scrabble at the senior citizen's home, because if I go there, <coughs> or go which I have no idea about, and they let me have a go at it. <laughs> I was the only one where the ball went that way instead of this way, and all that. I mean, I think I was just there for their entertainment, really. Um, but by the time I spent time with the ladies there, I was like, yes, okay, it's all good. 
by helping somebody else, I truly do help myself. Mm. And if I really can't face people and there are black days when I couldn't, I just couldn't. It was exhausting. I just couldn't. If somebody came up to me, I just don't know what I would have said or done. I would force myself to have a shower. And this is being truly honest. Have a shower and literally crawl to find my clothes. Literally roll into my clothes. Try and put a hat on. Um, try not to look like I felt. Um, and then I would just ask God to give me one step at a time. I'd walk out, just find the water, um, or just walk. Don't hear anybody, but just keep walking. Until um, I felt like I, I, it, it'll be okay. But I find from moving, moving, um, even when I didn't want to, easier to just pull the blankets over, don't want to get out of bed. No, I want to get out of bed. I don't want to face anybody, can't see anybody. Just no way. Um, I just, just, it's not going to happen. I know for me, I just have to force myself in the shower. It's amazing what a shower can do. Um, and then getting dressed and, you know, sometimes just even getting dressed and walking down the street is exhausting because mentally and emotionally I'm so exhausted even walking that far is too far. Walk back and I celebrate with a cup of coffee that I got up, got dressed and I got that far. Now I've got to get through the rest of the day. Um, and um, the other thing, other uh, practical thing that um, uh, I have not had to use um, in recent years, but I did, um, was that... Uh, um, I struggled sometimes because I didn't want to face people. I felt like the whole world knew I was a loser and they could see how bad I was and I couldn't cope with that. So I'd have to go to the grocery. I had no choice. I had three kids. Uh, I had to get over myself and keep moving. Um, and walking into the supermarket um, and I remember the first day I had a panic attack. I thought I was having a heart attack. And... Um, I didn't even know what that was. I thought I was losing it and they were going to put me away, to be honest. Um, but what I have learned since then is, and it's something that I've just learned to do for me after praying and standing there going, like, I've got to feed three kids. I've got to get home. I've got stuff I have to do. I actually don't have time for this right now. And God, don't take me home yet because I want to see my kids grow up and I want to see my mokos. So um, I had those kind of conversations and honesty in my head. And I just picked up, and what happened, what was in front of me was a Weetbix box. And when everything was clamoring in my head, and I thought, I'm just going to just, I'm going out, I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. Uh, and I would start reading Weetbix. And then I would spell it. Then I would spell it. And by the time I read it and, and then would actually uh, spell the word out, mm. I thought, I thought it was hours. It felt like hours, but it actually was only a couple of minutes. And I've taught many people since then that thing where anything's too much for you, if you're going for a job or walking up the street, just it looks like you're just looking at the brand, like you're reading all about the brand. They don't know that your head's all mushy. Yeah. But I, I tell you what, I guarantee you, though, is that if you just... Because your brain can only think of one thing at a time. So what I discovered, if I just 
read whatever it is in front of me and spell it word, letter by letter and then do it again. And while I'm doing that, stop, slow it down. And I'm talking to myself. They just think I'm reading this thing. And slow it down. And then breathe. You know, and even when you're standing there, breathe from your toes, just like you're sucking the air up through your toes into your mouth, and then just breathe. You can do all of these things in a crowded room and no one will be aware what's going down. But I can guarantee your brain, your heartbeat, everything will slow right down and then you'll feel back in control. And and um, that is, you know, that that's... Something, just something I learned to do for me over the years. So learning how to, what makes Bev tick, it's, it's been a journey to learn all of those little things. So yeah. if anything like that helps anybody else. But yeah. diarising has saved me. Yeah. Awesome. Every that's, day. That's, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's amazing. And, and thank you for sharing. Um, just on behalf of um, the I'm Hope um, team here, Bev, um, truly appreciate you being real, raw, honest about your story, um, some of the struggles that you went through, um, especially um, going to those places where a lot of people, um, they can't find that kind of place um, at the moment or even understand what, what it looks like. And I think you've painted a perfect picture um, for us um, tonight in terms of um, what that looked like from, from your point of view. And, and I appreciate that. And, and I know many other people appreciate that. So um, thank you um, for doing that. And, and thank you for being available um, to us. Like I, I think um, there'll be plenty of people um, wanting to um, hear your side of things in regards to mental health. And um, I appreciate you for, for being honest about that. And um, yeah, from, from here, um, on behalf of the team, like I said, uh, we truly appreciate you, um, everyone that's tuning in. Um, we will make um, some of the social media handles for Bev um, available on this podcast. So if you do want to reach out and find out a little bit more about her story, like I, for one, want to know more about some of the things that came up um, as part of the journey. Um, if you are someone that is struggling out there, um, please, there are helplines that you can reach out to. Um, you can obviously contact myself, um, someone like Bev, um, where we can pathway you to the right support um, that, that's out there. At the end of the day, um, it's our job um, to be that hope. Um, the key to life is hope, and it's on us to be that hope. So um, stay tuned for more podcasts to come. But other than that, um, take care and talk soon. Music for a living and travel the world and go places that I thought I wouldn't. I take my family and my kids with me, cause every day I might be busy. But I'd always make time for my missus in the Tomatikis. Cause without that, nothing would be worth anything on this earth. It's shelf life since birth is the curse of mankind. If you ain't got health on your side, you can't spend a damn dime and enjoy it. I ain't flushing my dreams down the toilet. I'm so broke right now, I can't afford unemployment. And B Corps knocking at the door, final warning notice on the freaking wall, so annoying. And every single day. I keep coming up with rhymes, but my mom, she tells me, hurry up, you're running out of time. Put it down, put it out, and try and stay focused. Just listen, mom, it's important, I think you should know this.